When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Getting out here, you know, actually getting on the field. What's yeah. it been like, you know, with the transition to Fort Collins and, and now getting practice going? Yeah, it's been a super smooth, you know, all these guys, as soon as we came in, this team welcomed me with uh, open arms and they've been super cool and it's been it's actually been a great transition like a lot of the young guys and um, new guys coming in you know um, they're learning the offense really well and I think like me you know I, I got a chance to learn in Nevada the offense last semester in Nevada and guys like Tori, Melkwan they all got to come in and help teach and so I think it's been a smooth transition a lot of the guys that are here to pick up the offense super well and it's been it's been great. What up, what up, what up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. That was Clay Millen. We had the opportunity to talk with him for the first time bright and early Tuesday morning. He's really impressed throughout fall camp, both with his arm abilities and just kind of his leadership characteristics. I am going to be diving into just some of the things that I've, I've noticed in practice Will play more audio, was able to talk to Chad Savage as well as Matt Mummy. Both of those guys are really great interviews, and it's just really refreshing to be able to talk with assistants. It's just nice to to get multiple perspectives, and, and quite honestly, you know, head coaches are, are so used to doing it that they kind of are, are better at saying a, a lot, but really saying nothing at the same time. A lot of the times, I feel like the assistants will you know, kind of answer your questions a little bit more directly. And, and that's not like a shot at Norvell. That's just a head coach thing. They, they know how to play the media. It's been a really busy 36 hours. We kind of knew that's that was going to be the case with spring ball and pro day. And, and then, you know, David Roddy ended up announcing that he's declaring for the 2022 NBA draft while maintaining his collegiate eligibility. Not a surprise there. He went on the Brady Hole show as well as my podcast last week. You know, said he was going to test the NBA waters, see where he stands, all of that, then potentially come back or, you know, potentially remain in the draft if it looks like he's going to have a shot to go in the first round or get that guaranteed money. I mean, it's it's a dream come true. You can't ever fault a guy in that scenario. So no matter what happens, I think CSU fans will will be happy for him. I mean, obviously, selfishly, everybody would love to see another run with him in Fort Collins. But we'll just have to see. I'm, I'm going to break this podcast up into two parts just because there's so much to go over between spring ball observations and, and pro day and then talking about the, the Roddy situation a little bit further and, and explaining kind of how this NBA draft process works because I think a lot of people here declare for the draft and, and just assume it's automatically over, which it's not. Before we talk more about Clay Millen and spring ball, though, college basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. They can get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. 
DraftKings customers can also get in the action with the same game parlay. This is where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And for college basketball especially, I, I love the live betting feature just because you can kind of capitalize on on runs. For instance, you know, Miami was hanging close with Kansas, but I, I you know, at the end of that first half, you could just kind of feel the tide starting to swing or turn or whatever, you know, and then I placed a live bet on, on Kansas to, you know, win by nine and got that at, at plus money. And obviously they ended up doing that really easily. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we led with the audio of Clay Millen just kind of talking about the the transition. You know, he talked about how everybody on the team has has welcomed them with open arms. There there hasn't been any awkwardness, you know, regarding the fact that some of them used to be on Nevada. They're all just kind of trying to to move forward and, and hit the ground running. And, you know, unexpectedly or unsurprisingly, <laughs> the complete opposite of what I was trying to say, unsurprisingly, you know, having these Nevada players that were already fluent in the air raid has been just a massive advantage for, for CSU as as far as the installation process has gone on offense. And they really, you know, looked pretty good for a team that's, you know, like four or five practices into a, a new system. I'm not trying to get carried away or anything like that and be like, you know, place bets on CSU to, to win the Mountain West or, or anything like that. But I, I was talking with Matt Mummy and, you know, he was honest. He's like, I, I think being in this position probably puts us in a, in a better place to potentially have more success than we did in our first year at Nevada. And obviously, you know, CSU, there's some talent that they were able to inherit as well when you mix that in with the Nevada guys. And, you know, things have been good. He, he really complimented Ty McCullough and, and Dante Wright and Demir Abdullah for their ability to, to really pick up on the system quick. Also talked about how refreshing it's been to work with the, the CSU guys because they've just been so stoked you know they've been eager i i think it's it's just been really rejuvenating especially for a lot of these offensive players because you know let's be real the, the offense the last couple of years sucked it wasn't fun to watch and it couldn't have been fun to play in and that was one of the things that, that chad savage the wide receiver coach talked about he's like you know nobody nobody wants to watch a team you know run out of jumbo 50 times a game we're trying to move the ball and it's just clear that that all of these csu guys have like kind of had their their love for the game reinvigorated and that's really neat to see and and it's also cool to see that the offense clicking again like I'm not trying to get carried away or, or anything like that but I think the fact that they're already at, at this place is, a, is a, an encouraging sign and you know that those Nevada guys really taking it upon themselves to be leaders has been huge you know Clay Millen and then you know at wide receiver Torrey Horton and, and Melquan Stovall Listen to, to what Matt Mummy kind of had to say on, on the situation. So one of the things that I've heard a lot about is just Tori and, and Melquan almost serving as like de facto coaches out on the field. <laughs> have, have you noticed that? Have they kind of really stepped up in leadership roles? And how big of an advantage is that for you guys 
with this install. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure, even even in the offseason, because, you know, we couldn't do any football with the guys. And I know Clay and Tori and Melquan really helped integrate the team on what we were going to do and what we expect out of them. So, I mean, that's pivotal. I mean, it puts you... It, put, it doesn't put you at ground zero, right? It puts you somewhere, you know, at a level above. So, I mean, it gives us an opportunity to, to have a little more success than we probably necessarily did our first year in Nevada, you know? Um, so it's, it's a good problem to have, right? Uh, and I think the, the energy of the other guys that were here, you know, being, hey, this is what we want to do. We're mm-hmm. excited about it. That's, that's helped too. How have guys like Dante and, and Ty picked up in the system? It, it, Chad was talking about it. It just seems like guys are rejuvenated. They're having fun again. You know, Ty came in my office yesterday. I said, you you know, and and he didn't have a smile on his face. I said, how are you doing? And then he had a big grin. He goes, coach, I'm doing really good. (laughs) I said, well, you're doing great out there. I mean, you know, Dante's been awesome. Ty's been awesome. Demir Abdullah has been awesome. I mean, these guys are really picking it up quickly. And, and to be where we're at right now, you know, still early in spring is, is a lot of fun to think about. Where are you guys at with, with Clay Millen? Obviously, he has, you know, a pretty big advantage just having been in the system. Has, how has he done, I guess, through one week? He, he's been really good. I mean, he's functioning around in the 70s completion percentage-wise, so he's right where we want him to be. You know, I think he's a little bit ahead of where Carson was, Carson's, for, you know, redshirt freshman year. So, I mean, he, you know, the thing I've loved about Clay so far through the spring is he's been very consistent. You know, he's... He hasn't had a bad workout and then had a really good workout, right? He hasn't had one that just a workout that just really wows you, but it's been pretty consistent all the way through. And you're just like, man, this this kid's got something to him. So um, he, he's doing a nice job. I mean, when you watch his you know high school highlights, it's it's clear he's got a big arm. What does he like need to kind of work on? I guess between now and the fall to kind of take it to the next level and, and be that guy. Yeah, I mean, definitely for him it is letting the game slow down a little bit, right? Because he's still young. And so he, he tends to be a little bit quick on progressions and, and just <clears throat> working through those progressions and where to go with the ball and then and when to check things, you know, when to get us into a different play if it's the wrong look. You guys talked about, you know, back in December, you know, the guys, they wanted to play in the system and they've all said the same thing. But one of the things that Melquan was talking about was just, yeah, like it's fun and, and we we love these coaches and playing for them football wise. He's like, but just as people, they've been there for him. And he talked about his sister passing and you guys being there for him. I mean, what does that relationship mean to you, especially given they were willing to move their lives to, to come with you? Well, it, it, it's it's the beauty of what we do, right? As coaches, I mean, and I get emotional. Um, you, you know, they're great young men and everybody's life changes, right? And everybody goes through stuff. And I think, you know, my dad used to always say it, if you're not getting in this business for the kids and to be there for the kids and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, And so it's, we love getting to know them and talking to them off the field just as much as we do on the field. You know, and it's, it's fun when a guy comes by and sits down in your office and say, hey coach, you know, man, these are my hobbies or this is what I like to do in my spare time or, you know, my girlfriend's from here and what, here's what she's majoring in or, you know, here's what my mom and dad are doing. So, you know, you get so close in the relationship with these young men that, that when something, when something bad does happen to them, you're there for them, you know, and, and then they're there for us. You know, they're just as much as, you know, worry about how we feel and how our happiness is on the field too. 
All right. I really appreciate Matt Mummy for, for being great in that interview, giving me some of his time. Again, these, these new coaches are just, they're so great to work with. It's, it's really refreshing. Um, one of the things, if you follow me on Twitter on Tuesday, Sonny Lubick was there on practice. And I'm going to be honest, I was, I was starstruck, man. It, it was cool. He was out there talking to, to Tim Cassidy and, you know, I, I kind of overheard some of it, but you know, I'm not going to talk about that, but they were, it was just cool to kind of see like guys that are, that are so experienced in the game and talking about all these similar connections that they have and friends and, and memories. Joel Dreesen was there as well. So it was cool to see them chopping it up. And I, uh, I had to get a picture with Sonny. I know, you know, I, I went back and forth. I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't do that. The reporter in me, but he, he's my childhood hero, man. I'd, I, I just couldn't not do it. You know, I'd, technically met Sonny one other time when I was a student. I've seen him at a bunch of stuff over the years. I've just, you know, never had the, never had it in me to, to go up and talk to him. But I was like, you want to know what? Damn it, man. You got to do it. You'll regret it if you don't. And it, it was so cool. It, it was so cool. He was just, you can see why guys love him, man. He just, he looks you in the eyes. He shows you respect. I mean, you can just tell that he's genuinely a high character individual. It's not just something that, you know, he preached. It, it was something that he backed up with the way that he lived his life. And, you know, honestly, I, I'm pretty encouraged by this new staff in, in that same way. You know, I'm not trying to compare him to Sonny. That's, that's a brutal, <laughs> it's a brutal situation to be in, especially year one. It's just kind of setting yourself up for failure. Or like, I don't know, expectations that nobody will ever be able to live up to, but you can just tell that these coaches are are genuine, you know. They give you the time of day. The first time I met Matt Mummy, the first time I met Jay Norvell, you know, they they didn't big time me. The first time I met Steve Adazio when I did a one-on-one with him, dude didn't even look me in the eyes. We talked for five minutes. And I I genuinely don't think he looked me in the eyes once, other than like when I first sat down. I just think with the the talent that they have on this roster and and the guys that they have coaching this team now, I mean, it it feels like they're building something special in Fort Collins, man. There's just, there's there's a buzz in the air that has been missing for so long. And again, like, don't get carried away. It's it's year one. You know, I, I'm not going to be like, oh, they're going to go 10-2 and two or, or something like that, 9-3. and three. I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of have to see. And again, I'm going to go start going into some takeaways here uh, just momentarily, but I don't know, like the the energy and and the music and the openness, it just, everything is different. And it reminds me so much of when Nico Medved took over for Larry Eustace. It was just clear, day one, this is a better situation. All right, before I get into some observations from Spring Ball, I want to talk about Ripple, a fast-acting, dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. Ripple starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every time. With Ripple Dissolvables, you can make anything an edible. It's flavorless, dissolvable powder. Ripple Quick Sticks are the most convenient way to get the fastest THC. Just pour it right on your tongue. Ripple products come in a variety of doses for whatever experience you're looking for. And what's cool is there's no sketchy science here. Ripple's speed and absorption were studied by Colorado State University, Go Rams, and a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people. The results were published in a peer-reviewed journal, Science. So where can you find Ripple? At Colorado's premier dispensary, of course, Lightshade, they have 11 locations conveniently located in the Denver metro and Aurora area. They offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. 
Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flower, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And my podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items when they use the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com, enter the code DNVR, and pick up at the closest location near you. 25%, that's a fourth, guys. That is a big time, big time saving. Hit up lightshade.com, use the code DNVR. I am telling you, they do not miss. All right, all right, all right. Now, first things first, I want to remind everyone this is spring ball. Not everyone is even on campus yet. So, you know, like you got to take all, you know, ones, twos and, and, and stuff like that kind of with a grain of salt because, you know, fall camp is where a lot of this is going to get established, but we can kind of get an idea for what it's going to look like. And I want to start with the offensive line, which is going to be completely different. They're they're likely going to have five new starters. I, I can pretty much guarantee it. Dante Keys uh, at left tackle. He is the Florida international transfer. He's a fifth year guy with just a ton of size. I mean, six foot four, 325 pounds. That's, that's the biggest difference. I think when you look at this line compared to kind of the last couple of years is they were just so small. They finally look like an FBS offensive line. He has played in 45 career games, 35 career starts, started 12 games in 2021 at right guard for FIU. Uh, second team, all MEAC in 2019, has played played tackle the, the two years before that, so it kind of makes sense that they've shifted him back given his size. I'm, I'm intrigued by him. Again, it's kind of too early until you really get the, the pads on and all that. It, it's hard to have a, a ton of takeaways, but these are just the guys I've noticed most frequently running with the ones at left guard, it's been Gray Davis, again, a really experienced guy that comes over from Nevada. Another fifth-year guy that, you know, played in 40 games for the Wolfpack, so makes sense. You know, he's already familiar with the system that he's going to have a, a big advantage coming in. At center, it's been Jacob Gardner, another Nevada transfer, unsurprisingly. He's listed at six foot four, 300 pounds. He's a two-time honorable mention All-Mountain West selection, has started in 21 consecutive games, for Nevada before he came over kind of watching him and, and you know, just the Nevada offense in general, I would say he's probably going to be the, the best center that CSU's had since Jake Bennett. That is encouraging at a right guard. It's been Dante Bivens. He came over from Tulsa listed at six foot four, 320 pounds has played in 34 games in his career, made 16 starts for Tulsa. Also did some special teams work. Honorable mention, all AAC pick in 2020, playing the the two guard spots. Again, you know, you, you can just tell how much more physically imposing this offensive line uh, appears to be. And, and being big isn't necessarily a, a sign of being good. I mean, TJ Roundtree was massive, and that dude was not very good. But he also didn't have the, the resumes or the experience that any of these guys that transferred over did. So, I you know, I think we can kind of look at them and, and feel pretty confident that a lot of this is going to translate. I mean, especially the Nevada guys. At, at a right tackle, it was Brian Crespo, Jaquez, redshirt sophomore uh, from Fort Collins, actually, Pooter High School kid. Good to see. You know, I'll, I will say this. I, I do think that largely Adazio and company didn't do a great job of of recruiting as a whole, but they did land a, a couple of intriguing in-state guys, and I think Brian Crespo is one of them. I think Tanner Arkin at tight end is one of them. He's a guy that's running with the ones and twos now and probably going to get a decent amount of playing time. We'll we'll see because I think Peter Montini and Gary Williams especially are going to 
kind of be the the main receiving threats at tight end, but Arkin, he he's pretty intriguing, man. He's got good size, good hands. He he's physical. I think it could potentially, you know, be a breakout year for him. And the the old coaches, you know, talked him up a little bit too. But you, I mean, it's taken less than a week for him to basically go from like the the fours and the threes to the ones and the twos. So very very impressive his ascension. I I do think he's going to get some playing time this year. Flipping things over to uh, the the defense. I'm a little worried about the depth, particularly in the trenches. I think when you look at the the projected, you know, starting 11, you like a lot of what you see. But I mean, if you lose a corner, you lose a, a defensive lineman, a backer or two, and, and suddenly it's, it's kind of the, the same position the defense was in, you know, the last four or five games or so last year. And, you know, that it kind of is what it is. You can't you can't rebuild an entire roster in one offseason. And it made sense for this staff, especially, to lean on offense because they had those connections. They did bring over a couple of, you know, defensive guys from Nevada as well. Obviously, Telvis Teodi, defensive tackle, and AJ King, who's gonna probably play safety, maybe a little bit of safety and corner. We'll kind of have to see. He he's really good. He looks intriguing. That dude moves so well in space. But yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think they they definitely have the the depth on that side of the ball that they have on offense. Getting you know Duquan Jackson and, and Mo Kamara and some of these guys to come back is is huge. It's huge, but you know you're really going to need them to to stay healthy as well. You know you need Jack Howell to build off what he was able to put together in his impressive freshman year. Same with Robert Floyd, who is actually back now. That you know, you remember he actually. Announced he was transferring and and even signed, but apparently something with the the transcripts didn't work out. Anyways, he he's at back at least for this season and, and on scholarship, so it kind of worked out for him. He he, <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued by him. I will say he does not fit the description of what you know Norvell said he wants a cornerback to be. You know, like big and physical. He's kind of a boomer bust guy. You know, made some great plays on the ball last year. Also got burned a lot because of his aggressiveness, and I kind of wonder if that's what. DeAndre Greeley is going to be like as well. The College of San Francisco commit. He's not on campus yet. Had like 12 interceptions last year. But when you watch him, you know, he's he's definitely like a, a glory chaser in, in that regard. And that can be a little bit dangerous at corner. Again, it's early, but uh, Anusium has been cornerback one. The Cal transfer, that makes sense. Greeley, again, not here yet. But it's uh, been Brandon Guzman, actually, who, who's been the other cornerback running with the ones and then they've had Taiwan Francis kind of playing like a box safety slash like hybrid linebacker dime role. I mean, dime backer role. It's it's kind of kind of a, a flex position you see in modern football. And then they've had AJ King again playing back at safety. I really like the ath- the athleticism of of the guys that I think will probably be in the starting eleven. Again, you know, depth definitely concerns me, but I, I think they've got some real pieces to work with. And I think so long as the defense is like even just average, you know, that that's really all they're gonna need, I think, because I do think they're gonna be able to to move the ball with the talent they have at on offense, these pass catchers. I think the offensive line is gonna be better despite having a completely new group. And I mean, clearly quarterback play is gonna be better. That's not even comparable. I think they have three guys on the roster right now with uh, Stratton, Pooler, and, and Braden Fowler's actually been really intriguing as well, but with uh, Stratton, Pooler, and, and Millen, I think any of those guys could have started over 
both guys that were that were on the team last year and and really the year before even although I do think Patrick O'Brien kind of just got ran out of town for no good reason but there's just a lot to be excited about right now I mean when you look at the progress of the offense the athletes on defense I I think this is going to be a team that potentially could you know compete for a bowl which would be a lot of fun it's been way too long since CSU not only made a bowl they need to win a bowl man we're going on a decade here and that's just unacceptable it's especially you know, given all the financial commitment they've made, all the the facilities, like how it's not produced more is is very infuriating. But I do think that they are on the right path. I think they have definitely hired the right coaches. This team has a lot more talent than they've had in years. Things are things are looking up. All right, on the next pod, I'm going to give some of my thoughts on pro days, some observations. Obviously, Trey McBride killed it. Also going to be talking about David Roddy, CSU Women's Hoops out of transfer, all kinds of stuff to talk about. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I am Justin Michael. Much love. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.